Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. But at the same time, I wish I would have done more to invite more out. I invited, I invited one person, and I didn't do a good enough job of inviting them. Invite a good conversation, talked to them on Monday, excited about coming, but I never made another touch, another departure. Shame on me, amen, for not bringing more people, amen, to the presence of God. This is what the world is desiring, <laughs> amen. <laughs> Woo. I watched a video the other day that Bitcoin is the solution for everybody. No, it's not, <laughs> amen. <laughs> Jesus Christ is the hope of the world and the solution to everybody, amen. <laughs> With that being said, yeah, I do buy Bitcoin, <laughs> Praise God, but it is not the hope of mankind. Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated for a moment. Amen. And then I'm gonna we're gonna do some of this uh, Christian calisthenics. I'm gonna have you stand back up here in a minute. Amen. But it is good to be here in the house of the Lord. Praise God. Good to see each and Every one of you, amen, here today. Raul, praise God. I remember the last time I seen you, you were just a boy. Now you're a man. Praise the Lord. Nice having you and all of our other guests here today. <clears throat> amen. I tell you, uh, it's exciting to see what God is doing in this last days. I had, I had a, uh, I saw a video over the last few days of, a podcast of a young man hungry for God and a, uh, a pastor of, of a church, and they were discussing uh, searching for the evidence. And what I had found out is that this young man had recently just been taught a Bible study from a young man here in this church. And, uh, and that young man who was taught a Bible study had been doing a podcast with the pastor of his church for four or five years. And, uh, and so when they started digging in to the book of Acts and into the word of God, you could see that uh, there was new ground being broken here and uh, not fully understanding what they were reading. And so it's exciting that even a young person has the, pos the potential of potentially maybe changing or bringing to revelation a whole church. Hold on, you're kind of getting out there on a limb. No, I'm not. <laughs> I want you to know that that's how these things happen. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. There is a former rain and a latter rain. 
God is going to pour out. There is a revival that is going to happen. It's already sweeping the world right now today. Amen. It's getting ready to sweep America as these churches start to... I heard one guy, I was at an event, and, and uh, there was probably, I don't know, hundreds and thousands of people at this event, a big Christian, uh, non-denominational, but not part of the United Pentecostal Church, and we went to it, and the two main people up on the platform, one of them said, well, you're kind of, you got a little bit like a Pentecostal when you were up there reading the Word of God, and he says, well, someone, people have accused me of being a Baptocostal. I want you to know that God is stirring these mainline traditional churches, amen, and bringing them into this spirit-filled baptism called the Holy Ghost. And it's not too much further down the road that they're going to see that there's only one God, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, and that there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, but at the name of Jesus. Praise God. I believe it. I believe that there is an end time revival that is going to sweep this world and this nation. Amen. Woo. Praise God. So I'm excited for that. Amen. Hallelujah. We have uh, we have prayer tonight at 530, right? Amen. Prayer tonight at 530. Invite you out for that. Praise God. Now, Here's where I'm going to have you stand. Amen. If you wouldn't mind standing one more time. I, you know, some traditions are good. Sunday school is a good tradition. I think the tradition of standing for the reading of God's word is good, right? And uh, some traditions are not so good. Jesus rebuked the, the religious leaders of his day for a lot of their traditions, right? But I want to go through this. Amen. John chapter 2, let's starting at verse 1. <clears throat> now, the last two weeks, the pastor has, he has kind of like, there's my message, and there's been a couple of little shots right around it. He's been tiptoeing around it, and I've been like, Oh, don't let him go there, Lord. Don't let him go there, Lord. Don't let him go there, Lord. And he brought out a couple of really good points, but thankfully, thank God, is that uh, he did not hit on what the Lord has given me for this. And so I didn't want to have to change my message because the Lord has been stirring me for this for a few weeks. And the third day, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Now listen, I'm going to tell this to my boys. You do not have the permission to talk to your mother like that, <laughs> okay? So <laughs> some people say, well, Jesus talked to his mom like that. Well, you know what? That's the Lord. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Okay. All right. Not that they would do that. Jesus saith unto her, woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. 
His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you do. Amen. Brother, the pastor had brought that out in the last two weeks. Whatever Jesus tells you to do, do. We got to follow that word of God. Amen. I want to obey it. And there were set there six water pots of stone. Why did they have these water pots of stone? After the manner of the purifying of the Jews, <clears throat> containing two or three firkins apiece, about 30 to 40 gallons of water in there. And so it was of the manner of the Jews in a marriage ceremony that they would purify themselves with the washing of this water. Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. And I want to go back to that verse 10 really quick. And it says this, But thou hast kept the good wine until now. Amen. I would like to speak for a little bit on this subject tonight, today. Amen. The best for last. The best for last. Hallelujah. Would you help me pray right now? Lord Jesus, we love you and we appreciate you so dearly, Lord God. I pray that you would just help me, Lord God, that we're thankful for the anointing you've laid upon the ministry, Lord. We're thankful for the anointing you've laid upon your people. God, that you would give us revelation, understanding, ears to hear. God, that we would be doers of your word, Lord God. I pray that faith would be increased and people would be encouraged here today. We give you all the glory, all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Woo, praise the Lord. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord. You know, it's that time of year. It gets a darker a little earlier. And um, you're not doing as much outside. And so my wife and kids, they were watching a uh, uh, Bible series. It's called The Chosen. And I'm not too much on on uh, these Bible movies. I guess they're pretty entertaining, but I've always felt like that sometimes they take too much liberty, and, and if you're not really fully grounded in the Word of God, it distorts 
your understanding of what's going on in the Word of God. And so I haven't put too much weight in, into those things. And I try not to get myself too caught up, especially uh, in them, simply because whatever I do, my children do, right? And so i got to be very careful uh, how, how I live my life that way. And so I was a little reluctant to kind of watch. And at first I thought, I was a little cynical and thinking that, yeah, you know, it's kind of how they're laying this out. But then I started thinking about it. Uh, maybe there's a little bit of truth into that because generally speaking, when you watch these Bible movies, like Charlton Heston is this perfect persona of nobility and all of this. And, and, and it's like, boy, if I could just be like that guy and, and, uh, and, 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 and all of that. And so... Um, I have watched a couple of these episodes, and I think some are better than others. But the one that I really kind of enjoyed, and it brought a little new perspective to me, is the one on the, uh, the, the marriage where Jesus performs uh, his first miracle. It's all right. You can raise your hand if you've seen it. Okay, so we've got people that have seen it. They're actually pretty good. It's a different kind of way to look uh, where it puts, brings in the humanity of the personality and character. So they do take liberty in that, but I've kind of enjoyed it. But anyway, it's just hit me as I was sitting there. Obviously, I've read the story who knows how many times, uh, and, and I've thought upon it. I've even preached a little bit around it and some of those things and even on it. But it just hit me as I saw it on there, and maybe I'm late to the uh, uh, late to the revelation and understanding on this. But it really sunk in is that Jesus, uh, when he made this wine, he could have just made it just as the exact same as the wine that had been produced. Uh, he could have made it maybe just like how traditionally a little bit lower grade, a little less quality. But for whatever reason, and I think I'm going to go into that here in a little bit, uh, the reason why uh, that he made it uh, to be the greatest, uh, the best tasting wine uh, that any of them had ever tasted at that point of their life. <coughs> Excuse me. So as I watched that, I thought, and so then I started digging in into the Word of God, and I realized that uh, it's a deeper allegory than maybe I was originally given it credit for. And I got so deep, uh, it's like uh, the Lord says, uh, how deep do you want to go into this? Uh, you, can go, you can go a little bit, uh, you can go more, and you can go more, and you can go more. Uh, that is the great thing about the Word of God. Uh, you can just scratch the surface, uh, and it's incredible, and it will save your soul. Uh, but if you want to dive into it, uh, the Lord is right there to say, just how deep uh, do you want to go? Uh, how much understanding? Uh, how much revelation do you want? And I started to say, okay, God, you're kind of getting a little over me here. There's a whole bunch that I had never seen before or never thought about. <clears throat> it's amazing how God is when you do that. I mean, I've had discussions with that with my wife. We come across something, and I'm on the other side of the state, and I'm texting her, and she's texting me back about it. And it's like, whoa, can you believe this? It's just amazing 
how the Lord worked that way. I better get going on this. And so I want to go right into that very first, into that very first verse. I think it says this. Can you give me that one again in John 2 and 1? I'm backtracking to that. And the third day, there was a marriage. The third day, I think there's a reason why the, the Lord quickened John to write the third day. Amen. There is a lot of amazing things that happened on the third day. The first thing that you think of when you think of the third day is what? You think of Jesus says this, uh, amen, <laughs> you watch uh, my life, uh, I might give my life, it may be taken away, uh, but I want you to know this, that on the third day uh, I shall arise. Uh, I, I, there's a picture of just that uh, on the third day, uh, but I want you to know that it goes farther and deeper back than that. Uh, if you go and look at just the very, very beginning of the Bible in creation, what you'll find is this, uh, on the third day. Day. God separates the earth from the water, and it's a day of new beginnings. You see, here's the thing. On the third day of creation, God brings forth life from the earth. And so what I'm finding here is a picture of God was getting ready to do something brand new with the children of Israel, with his creation. It was on the third day. It's a picture of what God did on that third day in creation, how he brought life from nothing and brought it into existence. And then you go and you look at the second third day of creation on the sixth day, the second third day. Here it is again on the second third day. We see life coming forth, amen, and his greatest creation of all, humanity on that. But what really, really blew me away is this. Bring up Exodus, if you would, please. Chapter 19. The children of Israel have been delivered from Egypt for three months, right? Look what's going to happen here. In the third month when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai. For they were departed from Rephidim and were come to the desert of Sinai and had pitched in the wilderness and there Israel camped before the mount. <clears throat> and Moses went up unto God and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain saying, Thou shalt thou say to the house of Jacob and tell all the children of Israel. He says, tell all the children of Israel this. You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant. He says, I'm going to get ready to make a covenant with his people 
amen, or with the family of Abraham uh, who are now going to become his people uh, and keep my covenant, uh, then ye shall be. Uh, this is a lot like what Peter writes, uh, amen, speaking about the church uh, in, in his writing. Then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Can you skip to verse 10, I believe it is. Oh, yes. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow and let them wash their clothes. Verse 11 and be ready against the third day. Amen. For the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. He says, Moses, hold on one second there. He says, Moses, you let the people know that there's going to be a process that's going to happen. I'm getting ready to make a covenant and take them in to be my people, a peculiar people. He's ready to give them the commandments, the Ten Commandments. Amen. He's making a covenant with these people. He says this on the third day, I'm going to make a covenant and you're not just going to be a family, but you're going to be part of the family of God. You're going to be my people. It's my covenant between you and me. Amen. And so then, if you would skip to, what is that I've got written down there? 16? And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings in a thick cloud upon the mountain in the voice of the trumpet exceedingly loud, so that all the people that was in the camp trembled. And so here it was, on the third day, God appears, amen, on the mountaintop, and there's thunders and lightnings and a great trumpet, and so that the people trembled, and God was giving them the commandments, the covenant, that you are my covenant people. And I want you to know that when we see the miracle of water turning into wine, it is this, it's an allegory, a picture of what the Lord did with his people in that first covenant. But there's going to be a second covenant of blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it was going to be poured out, not just to the Jews, but to all of humanity. Amen. Woo, praise God. Hallelujah. Once I started reading this, I was getting excited. And I was thinking, oh, wow, this is pretty amazing stuff. And then I had to remember when I was just a young little preacher, amen, and I used to get excited thinking about, oh, look at this revelation I came up with. And the pastor at the time had to say, Brother Jeff, I remember I went in and I said, you got to see what I found in the Word of God. He said, I want you to know somebody preached that message a long time ago. There's nothing new under the sun. God has already revealed that to his creation, but it's new to you. Amen. I want you to know that when you get into the word of God and God starts dealing with you and you find something, it's a revelation. It's new to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. On the third day. Amen. It's so exciting to see that. I believe also this, if you look, I think there's a reason why 
No, these aren't clay pots. These are stone vessels, right? And I think as I was reading through and praying and, and seeking things out, I think that there's some real symbolism in these stone pots. I think it is a picture of the old ceremonial law, the covenant that God gave with Moses, amen, of the washing of these stone pots uh, into the blood. Jesus says, take this cup, uh, this wine, it is my blood uh, of this New Testament, uh, of this new covenant. Uh, I believe it's a picture uh, that when he turned uh, that water into wine, uh, it was a sign uh, that it was going to be out with the old Mosaic covenant uh, and there was a new, uh, better covenant that was to come uh, that was by the blood uh, of the sinless lamb, Jesus Christ, uh, for the atonement of all of humanity, amen. But I believe also this. I believe that those stone pots, amen, is a picture of where his covenant people were at that time. No longer did they have hearts of clay on the potter's wheel that God could mold them but they were at a place of where their hearts were like stone and God could no longer mold them. Listen to these scriptures here in Ezekiel. And I will give them one heart and I will put a new spirit within you and I will take thy stony heart out of their flesh and will give them a heart of flesh. I believe that those stone pots that represented humanity and where they were and all of their self-righteousness of following all of their commandments and all of their standards and all that they were doing, amen. They were righteous in their own eyes, but in the eyes of God, they had stony hearts that he could no longer mold and no longer apply. I want you to know that this is a picture of the New Testament church where God gives us a heart of flesh, a heart of clay, if you will, that he can mold and sculpt you into what he desires you and I to be, amen. And I will take the stony heart out of your flesh and will give them a heart of flesh. Look at this next verse. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. In the Old Testament, the wine at different times was symbolic of the spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. I might have been a vessel of stone that God could not touch or that God could not sculpt into what he desired. But after I received, amen, after I repented of my sins and God filled me with the Holy Ghost, his spirit, now there's a new heart inside of this man. It's not the heart that walked the halls of Kennewick High for four years or five years or however long it was that I was there. But I want you to know that God is given me a new heart amen hallelujah that he's able to mold that he's able to make into his image praise God and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart 
of flesh. You see, God, he, he saved something better for you and I. We've got so much of a better covenant, so much of a better deal than that first one. Listen to what the writer of Hebrews tells us. Give us this. I know this might be a little bit of a, uh, of a Wednesday night message, but I really want to go here. Listen to this. But now hath he attained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant. Jesus, he is the mediator of a better covenant. It's a better covenant than the covenant that God had with Moses, the children of Israel. By how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. It was established on better promises. If you go back to Deuteronomy in chapters 28 and you read when God is pouring and talking to his children or talking to the children of Israel about this covenant, if you obey, then you're going to be prospered and I'll bless you. But if you don't, you're going to be cursed. Here's something that came out at me as I was reading this which was established, go back to that one if you will, Ryan, which was established upon better promises. Moses and the children of Israel had a promise that if you keep my commandments, if you keep my word, then I'm going to bless and I'm going to prosper you. And I'm thankful for that. Amen. But we've got a covenant that they never had in those days. Hallelujah. The book of John tells us in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and whosoever believeth in him should not die or perish but have everlasting life it's a covenant that goes beyond just the flesh and the physical blessings of this world but we got a covenant that is eternal amen and if i agree with the covenant of the lord jesus christ then this the covenant and the blessing goes beyond this world and goes into all of eternity i've got a promise of eternal life in the covenant with Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Upon better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for a second. If the first one was perfect, God would have not given the second. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been for the second. For finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Woo! It's the word of God, quoting the word of God here. Here we go. Not according to the covenant that I made. He's, he's going back and he's quoting Jeremiah here. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day which I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt because they continued not in my covenant and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. 
For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God and they shall be my people. He's making a distinguishable difference right here. He says this, if you want to be my people, something's going to happen. What's going to happen? He said, I'm going to write my laws on the tables of their heart. I'm going to put my laws, amen, in their mind. I want you to know this happens when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. You see that old law, that old covenant, it had no authority or it had no power to give you the ability to please God. Amen. And please God in the flesh. But this new covenant... Hallelujah. Amen. I've got the power inside of me. I can please God even in the flesh. Hallelujah. Why? Because these laws are written on the tables of my heart. Amen. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor or every man his brother saying, know the Lord. They had to look and they had the word of God up everywhere. They had to keep it because it wasn't inside of them. Their covenant didn't put it inside of them. Know the Lord. And every man and his brother saying, know the Lord. For all shall know me from the least to the greatest. He says, look, there's coming a time in a new covenant when all shall know me. From the least to the greatest. Who? My children. My people. Who are them? The ones who have partaken of this new covenant. From the least to the greatest. Yeah, but Brother Woods, not all that say, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom, right? Well, I tell you this, there's a lot of people out there, good people even. And that's why we've got to invite, we've got to teach Bible studies, and we've got to witness and share what we have been have revealed to us and what we know is truth. Uh, because there are people out there today who have not partake in this covenant. How do you partake in the covenant? You partake in the covenant by taking Jesus Christ on as your Lord and Savior. How do you do that? You got to go back to the very beginning, the birth, the birthday, as the pastor says, of the church in Acts chapter 2, when men or the man appointed by Jesus Christ, when he preaches to the lost on how to be saved, God, amen, he pours out his spirit. And then them that were there on that day of Pentecost, they didn't quite know what was going on when they saw this. Others started to mock, what is all this? But Peter stands up and he says, This is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. In the last days, saith God, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Amen. And he goes on to preach the first message to the people on how to be saved. And he lays the crucifixion right at their feet. And when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts. These men loved Jesus. They loved God. And they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? We just crucified and killed the Messiah. And here it is. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
Hallelujah. It's the same message that we've got in Acts chapter 2. It's the same message in Acts chapter 8 to the Samaritans, if you will, the ones that were kind of half Jews. Amen. It's the same message in Acts chapter 10 in Cornelius's, what's his name? Cornelius' day. Amen. This is 10 years after after the Holy Ghost had been poured out on the Jews, amen, the Gentiles, it was the same message. It was the same message in Acts chapter 19 with John the Baptist's converts. It's the same message that God, amen, said to Paul that he tells us in Acts chapter 22 about his conversion. And so sadly, and it saw in that video, Sadly, there are whole churches that do not even know this New Testament covenant. It falls upon me, falls upon us to share this word. God doesn't want any to be saved, any to be lost. He wants all to be saved. But there are going to be ones. He said, from the least, for all shall know me, from the least to the greatest. If you don't partake of the covenant, even if you proclaim to use the name of Jesus in prayer or whatever, you haven't taken on the gospel message. Next verse, please. For I will be merciful to the unrighteous, and the sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. If that he saith the new covenant, he hath made the first old. Now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. That covenant that he gave Moses vanished away. Now watch this. That covenant was a covenant of blessings and cursings. If you follow me and obey my commandments, you'll be blessed. I'll prosper you. But if you don't, I'm going to curse you. Jesus fulfilled that covenant. Here's how he fulfilled it. Give us, please, Galatians chapter 3. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. You can only be justified by the blood of Jesus Christ applied to your life. That's through water baptism. It is evident for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not a law of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Here we go. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. He redeemed us. How did he redeem us? Being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Woo! So he ended that old Mosaic law. 
Amen. He ended that first covenant. And so now this new wine was being poured out that we find the beginning of miracles in John chapter 2, a new covenant by his blood that's greater than the first covenant that goes beyond just our lives, mortal lives here, but through all of eternity. Amen. Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree that the blessings of Abraham might come unto the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. What's the promise? It's the promise of the Father. Hallelujah. His Spirit dwelling inside of you and I. When Jesus died on the cross, the veil in the temple was rent from top to bottom. God no longer dwells in a box behind the veil, but now He dwells, amen, in fleshly tabernacles. Tabernacles, you and I, hallelujah, as Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost-filled individuals, we are the ones who have tasted of this new covenant, amen. But I want you to know, as great as it is to enter into the new covenant, of Jesus Christ. It's like they were at that marriage. It was a great time and they tasted something that they had never tasted before in their life. It's like when you come and you give your life to the Lord and you get filled with the Holy Ghost and the tingles, the electricity starts to flow into your body. I want you to know it's the greatest feeling that man has ever known when you are engulfed by the power of God. Amen. And you're being baptized in the Spirit of God, but it goes beyond that. If you look, I've preached on this before in John, the book of John, he highlights seven miracles, and I believe that those seven miracles are expressed through the lives of a believer, and they end in that very last miracle as Lazarus laid in the tomb. He had been dead, amen, three whole days, and as he laid in the tomb, Jesus stood out there and he called out his name. I want you to know that this relationship this covenant that you and I started with Jesus it might have been like drinking that great goblet of great wine amen and we've tasted something that we've never had before but it gets even better because it's going to end this way just as the Lord called out and he stood upon that graveside and he said roll back the stone and they had to roll back the stone of doubt I want you to know that God is dealing with somebody here right now you got a stone of doubt if you would roll it away amen God wants to declare a miracle in your life and as they rolled that stone away God amen and the Lord stood there and what he said was Lazarus come forth there's coming a day amen that the Lord is going to call the church home hallelujah and those that are dead in Christ shall rise first then we which are alive and remain shall caught up to be with him forever in the clouds amen there's coming a day when this corruption must put on incorruption when this mortal shall put on immortality it doesn't just start and end with the joy of the Holy Ghost. But it ends in this. Oh, death, where is thy victory? Amen. Hallelujah. Death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? Hallelujah. Amen. The church has a date with destiny, and the Lord is going to call us home. Amen. I believe that with all of my heart. If I could have the musicians to come.
Hallelujah. I've got three minutes before I go into overtime, so we better get them up here right now. Praise God. I remember one time somebody said to me, Brother, Brother Jeff, Brother Woods, that was a good, that was a good sermon. But you should have cut out some of the middle and heated up both of the ends, right? Oh, man, I tell you what. Woo! He saved the best for last. Hallelujah. We've got the Word of God. They never had it. We've got the Word of God right here. I've got it right here. I've got it on my phone. Amen. We've got it. We've got the Word of God in our heart. It's written right here. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart. He had to hide it. God put it in mine. Hallelujah. The word is in my heart. It's in my mind. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why there's something a little bit different about you and I. You get us on the job. You get us in the school. There's lots of people that profess Christ, but they notice, hey, Knowles, you're a little different than everybody else over here at McCurley's. Oh, Woods, you're a little different than everybody else here at New York Life. You just put your name and you just put your place school or job it's the same thing hallelujah just think about this god has equipped us in this last day with his most powerful thing his spirit inside of us what a covenant Woo, he saved the best for last he saved the best for last. They had a pretty good covenant, Moses, but he gave us the better of the two. We've got the best covenant. We got the Lord Jesus Christ living inside of us. That spirit, amen, that shook the mountaintop. It's inside of you. It's inside of me. Amen. When Jesus came out of the grave on the third day, the book of Matthew says that there was a great earthquake. Amen. I want you to know that when the Holy Ghost comes into your life, it's like the power of an earthquake. It shakes your very core and foundation of who you are. I remember after I got the Holy Ghost, I had to tell all my old buddies. I went to their little shack of a house they had. You know, when you're out of high school, you got your first place, just guys hanging out, smoking dope fermenting wine. I said, they were like, you're being a stranger. No, I, I got to tell you what happened. I went in there and I pulled out, the pastor said it the other day, I pulled out my, my big axe and my 238s and I gave them the whole gospel message. I told them about receiving the Holy Ghost. I told them about how I spoke in tongues. I told them about how the Lord moved on me and I started to shake, amen, and all of this. I want you to know, I didn't go back, but I gave them that one opportunity, amen. It is a life changer. 
this Holy Ghost, uh, this new covenant that we had, uh, the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, amen. It's what the world longs for. It's what the world needs. It's the Savior of all of humanity. We got to take the good news of the gospel to the world. Uh, amen. It's you and I. That's it. He's not sending an angel. There's nothing else. It's just you and I. The word is only going to get out through other people who want to believe, who want to be saved through you and I. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, would you stand with me right now? Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord God, for this covenant that you've given us, oh, Lord God. Thank you for saving the best for last. Amen. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Right now, would you just, would you pray? Would you pray for these people, amen, that are coming into your mind right now? That you know that they have not partaken in, partaked in this covenant of repentance, of baptism, in being filled with the Holy Ghost. Would you begin to cry out to God and say, oh God, would you help me, Lord God? God, I would be bold, oh Lord God. Oh God. Let me be wise in how I speak to them. We're going into the holiday season, amen. We're going to be seeing people that we love and care about. And maybe they don't have the revelation or the understanding that we have. Oh God, give me a spirit of wisdom, oh Lord God. I pray, glorify your presence in me, oh Lord God. Oh Lord God, let me be a vessel, a conduit. Speak through me. Let your spirit flow through me, oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. You see, night is coming when no man shall be able to work. We've got to work now. Amen. But soon it's going to be too late for the world. Hallelujah. 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 These altars are open. Would you come and help us pray here today? Amen. Oh, God, I want to be a witness in these last days, oh, Lord. Oh, God, I want to share the good news of this covenant, oh, Lord God. I want to share the good news of the gospel. Would you come down and help us pray? Hallelujah. As they begin to sing, go ahead, Sister Janelle. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Every in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord.
Jeff, praise God. Amen, amen, amen. God is so good, so good. And uh, tonight at prayer meeting uh, from 5.30 to 6.30, Brother Grant Woods is going gonna, gonna to share with us tonight a very exciting Bible study that he's got going on. All right. So, amen. Come and 
be a part of that. I am a real believer that every one of us, at a minimum, right, we should be, all right, we should have a personal evangelistic outreach going on right here. All right, come on. Every one of us, one way or another, we should be witnessing to somebody. We should be reaching out, sowing seed to somebody. Amen. Because when we lose that, when we lose that individually, you know, what we are, because I guarantee you, when, when you first came to God, Guess who was bringing people to church? Huh? It was those that had first, when you were first filled with the Holy Ghost, you were bad, you got to change you, and you couldn't wait to get the message out. That's the same, that the thing has got to keep going. Amen. And Brother Grant is going to share that with us here, Amen. This evening. All right, we're going to ask you to lift your heart one more time. We're going to pray and be dismissed. Amen. Heavenly Father, we love you. And we believe, Lord, that truly that you have saved the best for last. We believe, God, that your grand finale, Lord, is going to be so incredibly awesome right here that you are going to show forth your power and your glory like no other day before, Lord. And we, as your people, we believe that we're going to be, and even right now are currently, we are part of that movement, God. We pray that you, whatever, all that you're doing right now, and and God, specifically, Lord, in our area, right here, God, we know you're doing great things, but we're praying that you would Pour out, God, the Holy Ghost, and that you would raise up, Lord, a witness through your people in a greater measure, a greater measure, Lord, than what you are doing right now. And we promise you that we will do everything that we can, God, amen, to make disciples of those that you bring in and that you birth into the church. We praise you. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord bless you. Amen. Come tonight, 530. And... Uh,